2: Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school, you're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
3: So if you were a ghost, what would be your style of hunting, your signature?
1: If I was the ghost, what would be my style of hunting? Probably something sexual, <laughs> <laughs> pulling dicks. <laughs> oh my god! Yes. They act oh my- up. I'm gonna pull your dick off. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Today on Cash and the Creepies, we are blessed with the presence of the Queen Diva, Miss Big Frida. How are you, honey?
1: I'm good. You already know. (laughs) I miss you, Boo. How you doing? I
3: I miss you too. We were just talking about how we were supposed to be spending this whole past year making people dance their tits off.
1: That's right. For real. For it real. couldn't, couldn't have been the more opposite the whole body like for real just wear them out we were going to wear them out on tour honey
3: well we still will
1: we just will when it's safe yes so everybody get the covid shot so we can get back to it
3: yeah so we can go shake our asses till we can't anymore
1: we can go raise some hell or chase some rainbows girl
3: <laughs> yes <laughs> well you seem well is that your home are you at home right now in New yes, Orleans?
1: yes i'm at home
3: I love New Orleans. Yes. I was thinking about it. Ooh, I miss it.
1: Girl, I, not me. I'm ready to get from New Orleans. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I've been thinking about moving and I'm like, should I move to Austin? Should I move to Nashville? And then I was reading it up on New Orleans. And I was like, fuck, should I just move to New Orleans? It's such a magical city.
1: It is. It's a crazy place. It's a crazy, crazy place.
3: It seems like it. I've. I spent some time there, but obviously you were like born and raised in New Orleans, right?
1: That's right. My whole life. So that's why I'm ready to get the hell away from New Orleans right now. <laughs> I want to get back on the road, back to the bag and the fans.
3: <laughs> Me too. I miss that energy.
1: Yeah. Because, you know, like just like performing virtually is really weird. You know, um, it's like. You know, you don't have the audience to to scream and holler. You don't have the people to touch and feel, and you know the room is not sweating with little drips of water on the walls. So it's just a weird feeling, you know, sometimes in the virtual space. So I, I, I definitely want to to feel that energy and love from that stage. You could hear it all in your green room while you're getting ready. You know what I'm saying?
3: Yes, it's such a it's such a weird experience for to try to put into words that feeling.
1: it is there's nothing like it it's nothing nothing
3: like like it it. it's so like anxiety and excitement anticipation and you're all snatched and you're pulled and you're yanked in
1: yes (laughs) it is definitely a tug of war
3: (laughs) (laughs) but we will you will see me and big frida on stage as soon as it's safe just for all of our listeners i am super curious just in reading so much about new orleans there's so many parts about New Orleans that seem very conducive to being creepy or spooky or supernatural. It feels like a very witchy, like a magic witchy city.
1: Yeah. um, You know, there's lots of talk of voodoo here. Um, You know, I have a friend who's a voodoo priest and, um, you know, he reads me sometimes, but usually, you know, when I go get a reading, it's about, um, you know, just life, a life reading and, um, you know, energies and stuff like that. I don't, you know, he don't usually be playing with no like witching spells and stuff like that or no hex to kind of you know, get nobody or nothing like that. But, you know, there is hearsay that there's some voodoo, some, the dark side of the voodoo going on as well here in New Orleans. But I, I keep it on the light side if I go get a reading.
3: That's good because I saw on you have like a is it like a reality show? Uh-huh. I found clips on YouTube of yeah. you talking about going to your v- voodoo priest.
1: Yes, that's him.
3: And so, so there is like a dark and a light. So you, it's just like anything. Like you can pick the light, positive side. Voodoo is not just a a dark kind of it's not a dark thing always
1: no you know they have people who practice the good you know kind of good voodoo and they have people of course who practice the the bad voodoo so just like anything in life you got the good and the bad and um I definitely want to stay with the good, though, you know, especially when it comes to something like that. I don't want to be having spirits and stuff come and talk to me and touch me and freak me out. You know, I watch a lot of uh, <laughs> movies dealing with, you know, um, the weird and, and 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 the unnormal, I would say. Um, but I definitely don't want to have to experience any of that. So I, I definitely keep it on the light side.
3: I used to fuck with, like, Ouija boards, and I thought it was really fun to try to conjure up spirits. And when I'm on tour, I stay at haunted places. And then all of a sudden, I had an experience with something, and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm done. Uh, I haven't okay, touched a Ouija
0: that, board.
1: That was just too much, huh?
3: <laughs> well, I just didn't know what I was doing, and I realized you have to be careful. It's fun, but until some ghost tries to fuck with you, and then... It gets very real.
1: Yeah, I've I've never had too many weird experiences of something, you know, of no ghostly, like friendly things coming at me or any of that. And, um, you know, but there is talk that New Orleans has a lot of places that's haunted buildings and hotels. And, you know, they're saying right now on Canal Street, the building that collapsed that they're going to have some spirits in there because they still have people stuck in the rubble.
3: Oh, Um, right now?
1: Yeah, the building that had collapsed on Canal Street. And um, they tried to, like, blow it up to, to get the building to fall down. The building still would not fall. So that has been closed off for over a year now.
3: Oh, wow. And they're trying to blow it up and make it fall to build something else?
1: Yes. And there are still people, bodies in there.
3: Oh, my God. That seems like a recipe for some supernatural, angry. Right. Don't it? I always start the conversations off with, do you believe in the supernatural?
1: I mean, to a sense, I I feel there is another power that these, you know, I, I but not to experience it and to actual see it. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a thing where it's just always that thought in the back of your mind, you know, is it real? Is it not? So, you know, I really haven't had any experience to, to really even think that far of man, you know, is this really real or not? But for, at some point in my mind, I, I do think that, um, there is the other side, you know what I'm saying, that people have to deal with spirits. It just probably depends on who it comes to and the people that deals with that type of energy and stuff. But that's not my world.
3: Yeah. See, I, I like, yeah, I, I didn't from- think it was my world, but now I want it to be my world. I want to just know everybody's experience because I feel it also ties into your Spiritual background, too, you know,
1: like- right. So, I mean, that's why I was about to go next. So, you know, I do believe in God and, and so I do have a spiritual background that comes from being in the church and, and growing up um, in in the gospel choir and, and stuff like that. So. There is a higher being that you can feel the spirit when when I've been, you know, going to church all this time since I was a kid. So I'm I'm certain that there is a, a other side like we've been talking about that also visits people and that they believe in it, that their beliefs are strong in.
3: And going to church, I read that you kind of were the one that really wanted to go to church and you took your mom to church. And that's, I do not know if that was like a yes. true story, Yeah, <laughs> but did. I did the same thing with my mom too.
1: I did like, I you know, I would just try to encourage everybody in the house to go to church. You know, I was the one who was always at church every Sunday at choir rehearsal on Saturdays, you know, at Bible study. So I was just trying to make sure that my family was saved as well. And that they knew God and, um, You know, but my mom, she started all bringing us to church when we were small. So she actually instilled it in me and I just go in and I will pull them back, you know, with me every now and then.
3: That's it's so funny because I've always been drawn to the church. And I just think it's about finding the one that suits you. Like I went to a lot of different ones that didn't feel quite right. But then when I found just I almost had to find the church that fit me and it kind of is a very unique thing that i hold inside myself and i know my morals i know love is good i know you know that's like what i've come to is i take from all different kinds of religions and just take the most positive pieces yeah so in my mind i have my own church and it was so much fun making raising hell and performing that with you and when we tour because we will just yeah. creating that almost like i really wanted to create that with you and i think we did it was like welcome to church and the church is like love one another
1: yeah most and definitely sh-
3: shake your ass and love one another
1: well i mean you know that's what it's about and 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 you know the people us we make up the church the, the 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 church that they call the church is just the building the church is inside of us, and um, you know we make it up. So, you know I, I enjoyed making raising hell and because it did have a spiritual background and it felt really good and you it, it was something fun for our audience to be able to you know have the church in them and let it out and express themselves in in, in the way that they want. So you know, it's all about having what's inside of you come out.
3: Absolutely. I feel like it is, it is what's inside of you. And I've never heard it said that way, but it is a church is just where you go to celebrate life and focus on the good and try to bring out the good and be honest about yourself, but in a building with other people. And then the singing part of church is what always drew me to church as well. Like I was never in a choir, but You were in a choir, right? Yes,
1: and I was the choir director.
3: Yeah. (laughs) And that's like where you started singing, right?
1: Yeah, that's the most funnest part. You know, for me, it was always the music that that drew everybody together and brought us together. Um, You know, it was just like you could put on a good gospel song. You have people... Standing up, clapping, you have people shouting, you have people dancing, you know, and that's where the, the spirit came in when those moments would happen, And it was through the music.
3: Yes. And I love when it all kind of happens at the same time. I feel like music can be a really spiritual experience.
1: It can. can tra- I mean, it's, it's- transcendent. Yeah, so many different emotions, you know, can come out of music from happy to sad to, you know, in between to 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 dancing. It's just so many things that come from come from it. And and that's the fun part to see, especially in church when it all happens at the same time. It's you have- just
3: good. All of the things, the energy, the expulsion of sounds and clapping and singing and all of that community. I find community also for like as my church, my church is music and my church is community. And I love being able to create a space where we can all come and do that. And that's what raising hell is really about Mm -hmm. for me. It's I'm not a perfect person. Yeah. Far from it. And I like to do some shit that people would probably categorize as not in the way of the Lord, but maybe not. I mean, just like getting drunk and running around and acting a fool, but it's all like in good fun. And I think as long as you treat people with respect and you are good, then that God or higher consciousness, that's, that's the exchange of energy.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, that's what it's about. You know, the song had great energy and, and it brought people together and it gave us all a reason to want to raise hell or just about enjoying life and living life and living in our truth. And, um, You know, it brings a community of different people together. And that was that was the biggest part of bringing all these people together and doing something positive through music. Because, you know, everybody might not be able to get up and go to church, but this is their church. We're giving them a piece of church that relates to their religion or relates to uh, their higher being or, uh, you know, their spiritual feeling. And um, that's what's important, you know totally he works in mysterious ways and and he puts you know us in different positions where people are able to deliver and and, and make people know who he is in in many different ways and, and and somebody may have got you know closer to god listening to raising hell from bbc radio 4 britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip
0: No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on post reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahey Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise.
3: I hope so. (laughs) That would be amazing.
1: I'm, I'm certain. I'm certain for sure that someone did.
3: Well, and chasing rainbows too. Like oh, yeah. that song was so special. Is so special. I was listening to it earlier because my niece is in the video. My brother was just telling you. Yeah. And she loves it. And she was the one, she's about five. She told me that you were gonna be on the New Year's Eve show.
1: Yes, that and was fun.
3: How was that?
1: Oh, it was great. I mean, the experience, you know, just doing something. On a positive note, bringing in the new year and the countdown, it, I had a blast. I can't wait to do it again. And, you know, hopefully next year I do it again. You know, it was it was a lot. <laughs> yeah. of love. I just wish that the world was open and that I could have had the whole New Orleans behind me as we were doing it, you know, because we have to kind of be like socially distanced and people in these little circles and stuff. Well, you know, next year
3: we're doing what we can to try to stay sane and connected, even with all this going on. Yeah.
1: A lot of man. was awesome.
3: I know. Thank you. But um, that you're killing it. And I also heard I'm pretty sure I heard one of your songs in a commercial like last night, but I didn't. It went by so fast. Is it one of your songs in a commercial right now?
1: Yeah. Juvederm. Yes. Yes. The, the, the <laughs> face filler. Is that the, is that
3: the lip filler?
1: Yes, it is.
3: <laughs> I was reading about wait uh, Queen Marie Laveau and I was so taken by her story. Do you know about her?
1: I've heard the, of her.
3: Like the queen of voodoo in yeah.
1: New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: And she just sounded like a a wonderful person. She helped feed people that couldn't afford to buy food she clothes kids on the streets and just in like reading about new orleans it's made me want to dive deeper into what voodoo is because i think when i first hear about it you know i'm from nashville and then i live in la it's it's a removed thing from my culture that i live through but it seems like a really Interesting, and she seemed like a beautiful person. But it seems like a really interesting religion.
1: Well, I practice. mean, I I think that you know, um, you know, in in life, certain people have certain positions that they feel. and I think she did a great thing for New Orleans, just in the community. Um, that's just like Divine Prince; he helped a lot of people. He's always <laughs> in tune to the community and trying to help people to you know, going the right direction or steer their life in a direction in a right direction. That's why he's always doing readings. And I think that, you know, she was another person that um, has that kind of same path where you're helping the community and helping people to kind of, you know, f- f- fix something in their life that they, um, you know, can fix before it, it becomes something else. When I went to see the voodoo priest um, and you saw that I was probably crying on the show, you know, he had told me that he had saw death on my brother and that he needs to fix some things before it's too late. I told my brother and um, he still wasn't fixing the things that he needs to f- fix. And not long after me and the, the voodoo priest spoke, my brother was killed. And so-
3: so sorry. I saw yeah. that.
1: Thank you. But I'm, I'm just saying that people can feel some things and know some things and have a connection with a spirit and and be able to tell you things to kind of help you down the line. And you, you should, you know, sometimes take advice and listen. And I, I'll pre-warn my brother. I, I tried to save him and did everything in my power. And um he just wouldn't listen. And Things happen. So, you know, spirits do um, play their part. You know, I I listen to the Holy Spirit all the time and and try to let it guide me in the right direction and and keep me on the right path.
3: Absolutely. I feel like I'm also I have a team of angels or spirits. I'm not sure what it's kind of you can use whatever word, but just. I feel like I'm not alone and I can tell if I'm making a decision, that's not a good decision. I can yeah. feel them being like, like, bitch, maybe re look at that decision, maybe uh, try to fix that decision. Cause that's not, you're not going in the right direction.
1: Yeah. And you know, I, I, I feel the same exact way you just said, like, I, you know, there are, you know, a spirit that guides us. And, um, I also feel like I have guardian angels, you know, my mom, my uncle, all the people who have, Help me if I can hear my mom saying, oh, don't do that shit. That is uh-uh. no, don't do it. You know, or I can hear her saying, yes, this is the direction you want to go in. And she is my guardian angel now who walks with me and on my side. And and I'm always saying she's clearing paths for me for certain things. You know,
3: I I genuinely think it's true because there have been so many times in my life where I can't see what's happening or why it's happening. And then later on, after you've had to go through this shit storm or uh, something really yeah. difficult, then you understand why it happened.
1: Yeah. It clicks in. It it clicks in and be like, oh, that that was the reason, you know, this is why this happened to to get to this. You know, I totally yeah. feel it.
3: Like even this year, I feel like this past like year has been so difficult and
1: oh, just yes.
3: overwhelmingly intense. I don't know how it's been for you. I actually want to ask same. you how it's been for you.
1: It's same. It's crazy. It's so
3: so crazy. Unlike anything I've ever experienced in yeah. my life.
1: Same. Especially you know, I'm. We always on the go. We're always working. We're always creating, and to just have to kind of all of that just stop all at once, you know, it messes you up. It, it really messes you up and it puts you in a whole different mind frame. You know, then you having to try to figure out new ways and things and it's a lot. So, yeah, uh, I think my spirit helped guide me through this quarantine as well, because I was in the first couple of weeks, I was freaking out. My album had just dropped. I didn't get to promo it. You know, I had to be called off the little promo tour as soon as it dropped. So it was just all kind of weird feelings and spaces I was in. And I think the spirits definitely helped guide me not to lose my mind.
3: I'm with you. The first couple of like the first couple of months I was I remember calling my therapist and being like, I think I'm losing my mind. And she said, no, you're having a spiritual awakening. And I was like, but why does it feel like I'm going just completely insane? And I think it's like you said, we just are always on the go, always creating, always putting all this energy into all these things. And then to just have like a cold stop right after I just put my album out, too. And I canceled the whole tour with you and all the promo. And I felt like I just poured my heart and soul into making this thing. And it never got to
1: yet to flourish. Uh yeah. listen, we and I'm telling you, we had the same feelings and I was just like, you know, but it also gave us a chance to reevaluate ourselves and to reevaluate our life and our surroundings and everything around us. And it gave us a chance to just take a break for ourselves and, you know, really just look at things in a different light, you know. Um now we can create a new sound and a new energy and a new wave of stuff that that, you know, after looking over what we just went through in the last year, now 21, we can create something new and, and give people a new a new space of energy, love, music, light, you know, um, kinda to go. Come from where they was in 2020, and and come into a new space in 2021. You know, we all went through something, so now it, we we have the opportunity to use our platforms to create new sounds and and all of that. You know, and um, so I'm I'm interested to see how this year will go versus last year. It's you know,
3: me too. It's come. Out with a bang of a start with a bunch of crazy shit already going on. But yes. I'm I'm hoping between Army Hammer being a cannibal and the insurrection on the Capitol, all of those things. Yes. Hopefully, like we got out of our system for this year and we can just get the vaccine, make some new music. I feel so um so different than I did a year ago and I'm excited to see what other artists are going to make out at this time because I just feel like we all feel weird about it we all feel crazy about it and now it's time to channel that into art which is exciting
1: yeah it is exciting and it's scary so uh, scary <laughs> yeah it's exciting and scary at the same time so um you know and I've I've been really happy about what I've been creating um lately you know what i did do though just to keep busy you know i was doing a little shakedown fridays in my backyard when quarantine started and i had started the little cooking show but the but i was going to the studio more than ever and creating sounds and channeling my energy and letting you know shit out in the in the in the box and so i'm, I'm excited about the new wave of music that will be coming this year and um you know, I'm just in a different space. You know, I've I, even when I perform, I'm in a different space. And it's just it's it's really weird.
3: See, I haven't performed except for virtual stuff. But that's I've what I'm saying. It's, it's been yeah.
1: virtual. And and I've had maybe like maybe three gigs that was out into the public. And, and so um, just a weird balance now. And it's just like I want to get back to that to that feeling, you know, of where I was. And it's just so weird now. So I'm, I'm excited to see where it's gonna go though, um, once everything open back up and will I get back there or will will it go into a whole new direction, you know?
3: Well, that's the thing. It could take you into a whole new direction, which is scary, but it's also so exciting to yes. maybe have, have taken this year. Cause that was what I was worried about too. I'm like, I wanna get back to something. I'm like, maybe I don't wanna get back to something. Maybe I want to get into who I've become. Yeah. And and just knowing that I feel like a very deep change in myself is exciting but terrifying.
1: It is. It is. So, well, hopefully this year, girl, we get to go on tour and channel all of that. Okay. <laughs>
3: and we won't be tired from promo, so we can like really shake our asses like never before.
1: Yes. I'm ready. <laughs>
3: God, me too. I've been dancing around my house like a complete fool this quarantine, but I'm just practicing, practicing for tour.
1: Listen, you got to keep the energy up, though. And that's the thing, like, you know, as artists, we have to keep our energy up because, you know, we don't want to get lazy and sluggish. And, you know, when we go out there, we got to hit it hard. So it's just been like, damn, I want to relax, but I also got to keep active. So I've just been on the go constant constant you know That's
3: good for you. I don't know how to relax. And me either. Like it's the I don't know how. Me either. How-
1: it, it's the worst. People are always like what you do for self-care? Um I go to sleep and try to get a nap, you know. That's my self-care because <laughs> yeah. I'm always on the go.
3: I can't even I like I get a massage like once a month but I haven't been doing that this year or I'll go to a show can't do that this year I just really miss the human connection like I love being able to see you and you're in New Orleans and this is amazing but I cannot wait to we're in the same room and we're making
1: it so hot. Yes, I listen, girl. <laughs> you know how it be with, when you like you see somebody and you haven't saw them in forever, and everybody's screaming and hollering. <laughs> <Girl. laughs> that's gonna be happening all around the world. Just lots of screams. Okay.
3: <laughs> I can't wait for that moment. I love that. It's something to look forward to because after the that was Spanish flu in nineteen seventeen. Is that right? Nineteen nineteen. Then mm-hmm. came like. What was it called? What was the twenties 20s 20s called? 20s? Yes. The roaring twenties. So I'm hoping if we look to history that there's something that keeps everybody inside. And then right afterwards, there's an explosion of parties and music and art and wildness and energy and connection. And that's what I'm praying for. Oh,
1: listen, I, I feel it's going to happen. I definitely feel it. I've been saying that You know, and the little places that's been sneaking opening like, you know, Atlanta and Houston and all that, you know, those people are still like kind of part in a little bit. But the places that have been not really opening the clubs and the, the spaces where all of this happened, when it do. It's going to be like wildfire. It's just people shaking asses everywhere, turning up, bottles popping, you know, <laughs> laughing and screaming and hollering. Oh, girl, I haven't saw you in years, bitch. You know, all that's going to be going down. It's just going to be crazy all over the world. I can't wait. I'm just like all my friends, all my fans and just turn up like be- me
3: too. Oh, oh my wow. God. Yes. Yes. You're making me excited just thinking about it. Like yes, I'm getting I got hot
1: excited. and you excited. You see how I just my whole energy changed because I got excited. <laughs> it's
3: coming. It's coming. It's a new year. It's gonna come. Yeah. But oh, speaking of like partying, I've never been to Mardi Gras, and not maybe not this year, but I need well, to. Well, we're not come. having
1: it this year. They uh, we're not oh, even having really? Mardi Gras. They canceled Mardi Gras, girl. And I mean, that's oh. like the biggest thing for new Orleans. That's the, the you know, that's the money maker here. That's the biggest tourist attraction and we're not having it. They're talking about some doing, you know, a, a bike, uh, Mardi Gras some type of shit you know and want me to be the Grand Marshal girl go ahead I mean,
3: you get that would be amazing you on a bike being the big Grand Marshal do you get a key to the city
1: I, I don't want to be no Grand Marshal for no parade that ain't happening
3: <laughs> <laughs> I want to be the Grand Marshal of something let me be day. the Grand
1: Marshal when it's <laughs> actual Mardi Gras
3: <laughs> okay we're gonna put out a PSA with you saying that okay <laughs> I would vote for you. I don't know if that helps, but if people vote, I'll vote for you.
1: I don't think they, they vote? pick. They just, <laughs> I don't know how they pick. I, I guess somebody <laughs> has to pick between and all of the just, clubs.
3: And like you just, it's just a huge party in celebration. a Brian Marshall
1: usually is at the front of the parade on the, on like the, the, the biggest float and welcoming everybody to the parade and, you know, waving in this royal court is up there with you and they have the big crown and, you know, it just depends. And, like, mostly when it's a celebrity, though, they they might wear a costume or they might not, but they're up there waving their fans, throwing stuff, and you know, just being fabulous.
3: Oh, you would be so good at that.
1: Yeah, I've done it before.
3: Oh, you have? Yeah. Okay. You I deserve
1: that I just haven't been crown. the Grand Marshal on Mardi Gras day. Um, I'm usually on, I, I ride with the crew of Zulu, so yeah. I'm on the float on Mardi Gras Day, throwing beads and I'm in a mask and a big a bush wig. People don't even know it's me unless I, I say something. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This
3: So I was reading about the Crews are they crews that Like is everybody Friends with each other or is it like One crew throws their own Parade and the other crew throws are on parade.
1: Well, yeah, every crew throws their own parade. Usually, the bigger crews that's been around for years, like the Zulu, the um, the Endemian and Bacchus, like that, is an organization. And they have a night that their, their parade rolls throughout the city. And um, they're usually connected with all the other parades because, you know, kings and queens of other groups have to get together and you know, it's all ran by the city. So they have to, they connect everybody together, but they're all separate groups all all throughout the city.
3: Okay. One year I'm going to come.
1: Yeah. You got to come. It's so much fun. You got to come. The whole experience is just amazing.
3: (laughs) I would love that. (laughs) You should, you can be the queen and I'll do whatever I don't know. I'll be no, that we're like, both basic be the queen. What bitch, flashing you mean? my titties.
1: <laughs> we both gonna be the queen. Or oh, that that happens all the time. <laughs> all you got, baby. That's how they get all the fabulous beads. You know, the girls <laughs> up Bourbon Street—they're just tittiless all night.
3: <laughs> that might be me, depending on how many drinks I've had. I might be up there with you, acting very distinguished and waving, or I might be the one flashing my titties, running around trying to get. Beads. Well, girl, I'ma flash mine too. <laughs> I've never been. It seems like the most fun thing.
1: I mean, in listen, the world. people always have a wild story when they come back from Mardi Gras, what they did in New Orleans. And that's the best thing. Like, you always have stories that you can leave with here and great memories. And it's, it's a great city, you know?
3: I love this city also, which I didn't know this, but when someone passes away, there's a like a funeral parade?
1: Yeah, we celebrate. You know, we celebrate their life and their legacy. And um usually we have like the the second line parade come or we have a jazz processional where we play music and we we dance in honor of them and their life. And so like from the time they coming out the church into the hearse and putting their casket in, we're we're like we're celebrating their life and and continuing to to let their memories live on yeah
2: that's a
3: beautiful
1: oh yeah i had i did it up for my mom horse and carriage you know jazz processional same thing for my brother like we we yeah we celebrate their life
3: is it is it at all do you celebrate day of the dead as well where it's kind of more of a celebration of the people that passed on say that again the day of the dead
1: we don't have that um no, we just I mean, it's just we usually have so many deaths here. And so just each funeral, it's like the same thing happening every week or, you know, every other day. You're you're seeing people celebrating their loved one's life. And um, so there's really not no day of the dead. That's every day. You know, somebody's we're losing somebody.
3: Well, I'm sorry. I've watched your would you call it your documentary or uh-huh. the movie? Frida got a gun and that was so moving and just so much about New Orleans. I didn't realize, including the passing of your cousin and your brother. And I just want to tell you, I'm sorry, because I do see on your Instagram that.
1: You yeah, thoughts, I, 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 you yeah know. it's a lot we deal with and it's a lot I deal with. But, you know, I try to remember those people in good light and in good spirit and continue to celebrate their life and their legacy and let them live through me. You know, especially if they're my family and, and we're connected. I try to remember them by doing something good that they would have done or something that they could have tried to change. I'll try to do it in my life. Well,
3: it's Amazing the documentary you made. Frida Got a Gun. It's streaming on Peacock. Yes. And it just shows kind of the cyclical issues of gun violence in New Orleans. And as someone that's never lived there and only visited a couple of times, I had no idea that it was one of the top cities for deaths by gun violence. Yeah. In it is. America. And I was just wondering. Like, what would you say would be a start to addressing that issue?
1: Well, you know, the guns, the guns are the big problem. You know, just being able to have easy access to guns. um, These parents not really watching their kids around guns. You know, it's a lot has to happen. In order for this to to happen, with, with with trying to get a balance on these guns from the companies to the to you know our local and national leaders, to us as a community, um, you know I just went through something this week that was letting me know the reason why I'm fighting so much about this gun violence and trying to get stricter gun laws because my best friend had a birthday party on Friday and at the party, a five-year-old baby got hold to a gun and shot a four-year-old baby in the head, which all these kids I know and grew up and watched them from when they came out. And this is a family that I'm very connected with. So this is the reason why guns need to, you know, be removed. I mean, if, every, if there was no guns in the world, we wouldn't be having all these issues and all these killings. Only people that I think really need guns or our, you know, our armies that has to fight for war or, you know, defend our country. But you have so many people that just have easy access to guns and and it's, it's it, it harms all of us in the end. And um, so, yeah, I that's what I dealt with just this week and it it was horrible. The baby is still uh, needs a new skull and so (sighs) and he did survive.
3: He did survive. Yeah. But that's so horrifying to think of seeing that happen to such a young person that probably doesn't even understand what they're holding or what they're doing.
1: So innocent. Hasn't even got a chance at life. You know and all to a gun you know The baby went looking and searching and found Her older cousin's gun That was put away And it's it's about 15 Children in the room and, and one gets Shot in the head
3: So I, I That would be so Scary and I'm yeah. so sorry And after Watching your documentary I It opened my eyes to a lot Of things I had no idea about about the gun violence in New Orleans and guns in general. I personally am just terrified of guns. I don't you know, the Second Amendment and there's people fighting for their necessity to have guns. And unless you're going and hunting for your dinner or you're a law enforcement and that even is like, well they need to
1: Yeah, maybe get a to there too. <laughs>
3: yeah, the law enforcement dealing with using less guns and just the systemic racism under who is getting shot more often than yeah but it's black people not white people and right just i don't know the whole monstrosity of guns it would be a wonderful thing if we could make them at least harder to get to have to get your mental illness evaluated before yeah, you get a like, firearm. Yeah,
1: because, you know, it's just you you giving it to people and you really don't know their condition, their conditions and or, or whatever. As long as they got the money, they got the gun, you know, and a lot of times, a lot of these ways that they're transporting the guns or or whatever, people are breaking on the trains and in different places to get the guns. They just need to be stricter and tighter laws and security in place when all of this stuff is happening.
3: Well, it was a very moving documentary and I urge anybody listening to go watch it. And I'm so sorry, again, Thank that you. this is like an ongoing thing that's happening yeah, in your is. life. I want to ask, this is purely just from watching that, How was the younger, he was like 10 years old. I think his name is Devin.
1: Devin. Yeah. Same as my boyfriend. And that was crazy that him and my boyfriend has the same name. Devin (laughs) is doing fine. He actually just got out of jail. Devin is all grown up. Oh, wow. Devin is not a little kid anymore. Devin has sprouted up to about six, three, six, four. He's taller than me. And oh, I, you know how small he was when he was on a documentary <laughs> and I've haven't saw him since. And the boy just, I don't know, it was like he ate a tree and he grow <laughs> as tall as the tree. <laughs> he's doing well though. I've been keeping in contact with him and, um, you know, he's staying out of trouble. Good. He has to be inside by 6 PM every day. He has some strict, you know, things that he has to do but he wouldn't be in that position if he was doing right. And, you know, hopefully he's going to get on the right path now. And he had to become a victim of the system in order to, You know, and now somebody's regulating his life that should not be happening as a young kid. You know, he should be able to be free and live his life and be who he wants to be um, when he grow up and enjoy life and in his community. But now he has to be inside at a certain time and wearing an ankle monitor. And, you know, so. Hopefully he gets it together and we're going to keep fighting with him to stay on the right path and and see. Uh, I think that is going to be something very powerful when he gets older and that he's going to make some type of change in this world because of the path that he had to go down in order to change his life.
3: Well, if you speak to him or if there's anything I can do, but just send him my love and I I just want to see him win.
1: Yeah, me too. We all do. You know, and that's the thing. We all want to see our kids win and all the kids in the community and we want to see them be successful and do something. And, you know, we want to break some of these generational curses that's happening, you know of these kids just following the same thing that they saw and, and, and become a victim to the system. And I, I'm just tired of it. I, I've been seeing it all my life and I, I just want better for my community.
3: Absolutely. It's a beautiful community. It's fascinating. Like after watching between your documentary and just reading about new Orleans and the history of Mardi Gras and about, um, Marie, wait, I'm going to fuck up her name marie Laveau, Mm -hmm. just all of it it's just so vibrant and so full of life and it's a real shame when a gun gets in the way of someone living a really beautiful joyous celebratory full community loved life because of a one stupid moment with a stupid gun (laughs) So it was really touching and thank you for making that. And it really was informative for me.
1: Glad you enjoyed it.
3: And then sissy bounce. You're the one of the queens. There's and- no
1: such thing as sissy bounce. It's oh, just there's bounce. no sissy bounce. No, it's just bounce music. They do oh, not. see.
3: OK, would never heard of the term sissy bounce. Yeah. But then it, I was talking.
1: <laughs> a, a, a reporter came and was like, you know, put a title on it. We don't put titles on it. It's just bounce music. I'm a gay artist who happens to do, you know, bounce music. Um, So it's just bounce music. Yeah, we don't separate it here in New Orleans. Everybody just, if you do bounce music, you just do bounce music. There's no such thing as straight bounce or sissy bounce. Okay, love that. It's all just bounce music. And they tried to put it in a category. But, you know, nobody can't box the queen in.
3: No, they sure as hell can't.
1: (laughs) Well, I apologize.
3: I read that. I read that. and I was, I had never heard that term
1: before. Oh, my God. I have done hundreds of articles cleaning that up. (laughs) okay from one article it's
3: not sissy bounce it's motherfucking bounce period <laughs> period <laughs> okay and you are the queen of bounce You've been and a b-
1: oh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and how did that between church and between just like living in new orleans was that just like the thing you were drawn to? Did you always know you wanted to do I, Bounce?
1: No, I did not. So I, being a choir director, people knew me all around the city. You know, I traveled with the choir, you know, doing music. And, you know, I was the, also the choir director at my church home and, and my high school. So I was well known with with the choir and with music. And when I transitioned, you know, in, in 98 um, to kind of start Stepping into the bounce game. It just kind of happened. You know, having fun, you know, with people in my neighborhood, making fun, crazy stuff up, saying it in the neighborhood, grabbing the mic at the clubs and at the block parties, doing it. And then it, it just started coming, becoming the catch. And everybody, oh, you're going to get on the mic? You're going to do this? You're going to do that? And once I went and made my first song, there was no looking back.
3: <laughs> yeah, rest is history yes, rest you are is history. the queen mm-hmm. <laughs> okay got a really I got like four stupid questions they're like quick fire so if you were a ghost what would be your style of hunting your signature
1: if I was the ghost what would be my style of hunting Probably something sexual. <laughs> <laughs> Pulling dicks. <laughs>
3: oh, my God. Yes.
1: <laughs> up, I'm going to pull your dick off.
3: <laughs> I want to join you in the afterlife, if that is OK. <laughs>
1: yes.
3: <laughs> and who would you haunt?
1: I just told you all the boys
3: (laughs) (laughs) the good ones or the bad ones the good ones
1: well I mean I'll just go sneak you know just take a little peek at the good ones the bad ones we're gonna hunt them (laughs) we're gonna pull (laughs) (laughs) their
3: they get a hard tug yeah we're gonna (laughs)
1: squeeze those balls
3: (laughs) love that okay and if you had a cult what would be the dress code
1: if I had a coat, what would be the dress code? <laughs> um, wait, Probably something dealing with booty shorts. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Some ass shorts. You know, where you just a little two cheeks are out. You know, you got full shorts on, but just a little two cheeks, like two little circles on the back. My coat will be very much <laughs> dealing with lots of ass shaking. <laughs>
3: I love that. That is your, like, at least your stage cult and family and people that come to the shows like when I met you on that cruise ship it was the most ass heavy place I've ever been like everybody as soon as you got up on stage everyone took their ass out Uh, it was like
1: that's how it's supposed to be the (laughs) power of the ass
3: take your ass out
1: yeah the power of the ass it brings people together, you know?
3: That is the most beautiful way to end a podcast. <laughs> and you should make that into a
1: t-shirt. Okay, yes, <laughs> I will.
3: <laughs> it's so good to see you. Thank you so much for coming on here and just sharing the shit know. with me.
1: Love you, baby.
3: Love you, girl. Okay, I'll see you hopefully very soon.
1: Yes, you will. Girl, Stay now. well, honey.
3: <laughs> All right, Bye, creepies. All right, creepies. Bye. <laughs>
0: Zumo Play.